Dancers have a lot to balance. From their pirouettes to their jumps, a dancer's performance is a direct result of hard work and motivation. So where does food fit into this? There's a lot of myths and a ton of antiquated ideals about what a dancer's diet should look like. And I'm here to dispel those. I'm Rachel Fine, registered dietitian nutritionist and founder of To The Point Nutrition. I'm the dance nutritionist and I'm here to tell you that to be a successful dancer, you don't have to diet. Instead, I'll teach you how to use food as your best tool to enhance your performance. A nourishing meal plan not only fuels your dancing, but also enhances your strength, improves your balance, supports your flexibility, and most importantly, reduces your risk to injury. Hi. Hello. Thanks for joining me tonight. Thank you for having me. Why don't you give us just a really nice introduction on where you're dancing and then also your journey to getting there. So your pre-professional track. Sure. So I'm a dancer currently with the New York City Ballet. I was recently promoted to soloist uh, last week, actually. So I thank Amazing. you. I got into New York City Ballet in 2012. So I've been in the company for 10 years. Um, and I started out at the School of American Ballet, which is the official feeder school into the company. So I was born and raised in Great Neck, New York and Long Island, and I studied there for a bit. And then when I was eight years old, I went to SAB and I did nine and a half years there and went through all the children's levels at the time and then got into City Ballet at 2012 and have been there ever since. So Ashley, in your training, whether it be your pre-professional training or your professional, um, was there a point where you made a connection between like, hey, the foods that I'm putting on my plate are having some impact on my performance on stage? Yes. I, I don't know. It's different for everyone. So for me, it came pretty late in the game. Not until I started dancing professionally with New York City Ballet did I realize, okay, food is playing a huge part into how I, you know, excel on stage, off stage, fueling myself, having energy throughout the day. So I think it was really that jump from being a 17-year-old student to a 17-year-old professional. It happened mm. really quick. And from then on, I started educating myself and listening to my body a lot more. Yeah, which is so common. That age range in general is a very important time for a dancer's career because most often it's around then where they're just making that transition into company life. And, and so many obstacles come along the way in regards to knowing how to fuel your body. So for a lot of dancers, they might be moving away from home. Uh, maybe in your case, there was a lot of commuting going on like into the city and time can be a huge constraint in regards to just making sure you're fueled properly so like what were some of the challenges that you might have experienced like during that transition so I think for me the hardest thing was figuring out how to fuel consistently throughout the day um, when I had a schedule at SAB it was basically breakfast and then one ballet class lunch mm -hmm. that got me the rest of my training and then I would take the Long Island Railroad home have a big dinner um, so the three meals a day type of thing, which worked when I was at SAB. But as soon as I was dancing 10 to 12 hours a day and 
I was in the studio a lot more than I was when I was a student. I, I needed to figure out how to be able to properly fuel myself and to have enough nutrients to get me going throughout hours and hours of rehearsal and then a show in the evening. Yeah, absolutely. And again, a very common struggle that I feel a lot of dancers do face in regards to those time constraints. And then of course, being on the go and having to mm -hmm. say, okay, well, like, what are some of the options that I can turn to um, just to make sure I'm getting in those calories and like those nutrients? Because from what it sounds, from what you're saying, you had made the connection that food was your energy. You know what I mean? And like, you needed this to get through a 10 to 12 hour day. Day. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Any struggles that you may have faced in the studio that you've had to overcome, whether it just be like performance struggles, maybe nerves, maybe body aesthetics, and anything that you feel you may have struggled with? I think for me, one of the things I struggle with most, even to this day, um, is kind of the mental block of when a part is really difficult stamina-wise. Mm -hmm. um, in you know, translating that into the performance, I get a little in my head from time to time about, am I going to be able to get through this? Do I have enough fuel to get through this piece, especially when it's a part that's known for being um, stamina wise, very difficult. So sure. even still, I'm figuring out how can I properly fuel, get in enough calories? What exactly do I need to eat and how soon or far away from the show? Um, so it's something I'm still figuring out. And it's something I think I will probably always struggle with a little bit um, just because as you grow as a dancer, you learn more about your body and what you need. So that's something that I'm still working on. Yeah. And one thing that really goes along with this is just the idea of self-discovery, which is something I, I talk with the dancers all the time in the sense of like what we what works for us today might not necessarily be what works for us tomorrow or what works for us during summer intensive season or a recital time so it's really this is where it gets really important for dancers to not um get too rigid in their eating behaviors which can happen too and then lead a dancer to um, be really stumped when like their schedule shifts or, you know, perhaps there's uh, more rehearsal time, more studio time and accessibility to certain foods that are maybe uh, that they're, you know, comfortable with or not around. This is mm -hmm. where the flexibility comes in, in regard to yeah. your food choices as well. And realizing that this is like a it's some, it's it ebbs and flows is often what I say, like with our hunger cues and our fullness cues. And it's just a constant process of learning our body. It's never like we get there and we figured it out. Yeah, that's what I'm definitely I've learned that throughout the 10 years I've, I've been in New York City Valley, you are always learning and tweaking your routine to see what works best for you and your body. And it's different for every person. There's no, there's no right answer. Yep, which brings us, of course, to such an important point, comparisons and how easy it can be, especially for the pre-professional trainees. I know this is one major issue that we see with summer intensives is dancers are being introduced to many new peers at their summer intensives. And unfortunately, comparative thoughts definitely seep in. Was it ever something that you experienced or struggled and you, and you kind of had to work on just staying focused with your own track? Definitely. And I think that, you know, for sports in general, people go through this, but also especially for ballet and the performing arts, I feel like we stare at ourselves in the mirror all day. It's a very perfectionist mentality. And so, you know, 
thinking or doing anything outside of your box is really difficult. And so being at summer programs and even at SAB, just sitting next to people who are maybe eating differently than me or eating less than me, um, it, it definitely took its toll just because we do all compare ourselves inside the studio and outside the studio. So I really had to learn and even through my professional career to turn the blinders on and kind of focus on what works for me because I found that that's what gets me to the highest level of performance and it's what keeps me excelling. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you bring up such a good point is that, you know, the dancer next to you, their needs are different than yours. You know what I mean? So I hear from so many younger dancers who will say it's difficult and it doesn't even have to be dancer to dancer comparison. It could be dancer to like family member, dancer to right. um, academic school friend. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's, you have to remember that your needs, especially as an active dancer are so different, even if it is another dancer that you're looking at and how they're eating, remembering that everyone's body is so different. Dancers can also tend to hyper-focus on their art, which is, you know, important, obviously, to um, pursue this passion, it does take a ton of time. You know that from right. working a 10 to 12 hour dance day, but how are you able to keep balance? Because balance obviously is so important even in your um, pursuit of the art. I, um, I really do try to focus on things that I do outside of work and not making ballet my absolute entire life, my 24 seven, um, job and it is hard to do because from such a young age you're so dedicated and devoted and you spend so much time um, but something that's always been a constant for me is my family mm -hmm. I love to spend my family I'm one of six kids I'm the mm -hmm. oldest sibling so whenever I can get home to Great Neck and spend time with them I do um, I have two basset hounds one of them is <laughs> wait, there oh so cute so I so spend cute. a lot of time with my with my boyfriend and my dogs and we really we're very chill so we really enjoy just like a nice home-cooked meal or ordering in watching tv so i trying to find that downtime and um that balance is what keeps me the happiest yes absolutely and i am sure it also helps you flourish inside the studio you know what i mean like we could get into that track of like eat sleep breathe ballet and then find ourselves burnt out or yeah. we can actually have like a very active approach in making sure we're partaking in just non-dance related activities as well. Even if it's something as simple as being a dog mom and taking right. your dog on walks and, and experimenting right. with fun recipes. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be anything right. crazy, but it really yeah. does help. Yeah. That's something I've learned to really appreciate is the downtime because mm -hmm. as soon as you're in, you're in and it's so difficult physically, mentally, emotionally, and it's exhausting. It's a really exhausting um, art form to study as a student or as a professional. So to be able to have that downtime and to take some space away, I think it's really beneficial when you get back in and start dancing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Ashley, how was the quarantine for you? You know, how, is, how has this whole pandemic experience been for you and moving through that? Obviously, you just got promoted to soloist, which is incredible. So congratulations on that. How has Thank it been doing this amongst being in a pandemic? So definitely mixed emotions, because at first it was really devastating to have to shut down and to stop doing the day to day. Like I said, dancers are very regimented and mm -hmm. we kind of fall 
the routine of taking class every day, rehearsing, performing. So as soon as that all came to a halt, it, w it took a lot to get used to. Um, mm -hmm. I was definitely one of those people that was doing ballet class in my apartment mm -hmm. um, to stay, just to stay active and to keep doing what I loved. Um, so it was hard at times, but I tried to just keep the momentum. But also with that being said, take the time and appreciate how much of it I truly had. So my boyfriend and I actually relocated to his mom's house in Arizona. So oh, we had nice. a change. So we spent an entire year there and we had a huge change of pace, change of lifestyle. We were living a more suburban life and it was really, really nice to just go slow down, pause and just enjoy the small things in life. And it, I think it made me appreciate my job so much more when I came back and I felt really rested. And I, I will always look at that time as difficult as it was for so many with gratitude, because it, it gave me a lot of clarity um, moving forward with my career. Yeah. And that's such a positive way to look at it, especially the appreciation that it does give for being on stage and having those opportunities to, you know, share your art with an audience is obviously something that a lot of dancers miss during the quarantine. And hopefully we can steadily get back to being on the stage and doing what you obviously love to do. Yeah. So Ashley, any pre-performance rituals that you have that you want to share? So I sit with a bunch of my um, friends in the dressing room. The court of ballet dressing room is packed mm -hmm. with ladies. And it's such a positive and uplifting atmosphere. We usually either put on music or we'll tell stories. And um, we have a, actually have like a snack table. There's one mm -hmm. spot that has a bunch of snacks. So we all, you know, fuel up and doing our hair and makeup together and just kind of stay calm and happy before the, the show starts. I really feel like I go to work and I hang out with my friends all day. So it's yeah. a really fun atmosphere. Yeah, that's amazing. It's so nice. And one thing that you mentioned is just having some bit of comfort before going on stage, which so often for dancers can really also help with nerves. And I think yeah. that um, one thing that a lot of dancers younger, again, more of the prepared pre-professional dancers fear is like snacking before a performance when indeed it's giving you energy and very often can also help to ease some nerves, um, help to provide some of that comfort. Yes. And like I said, every dancer is different. So it's, you know, we have this communal snack table where we all contribute and um, enjoy things for before the show, but I am very adamant about having a sizable like snack or even I would say almost meal before mm -hmm. I perform because I feel like I really need that fuel to last me until 10 p.m. If I don't get home till 10 30 or 11 I'm not having a real dinner until that time mm -hmm. so I'll myself a really good snack or almost even a meal before I go out on stage. Yeah I love hearing that because a lot of dancer, I shouldn't say a lot of dancers, it's really like a 50-50 split between some dancers feeling either too nervous, too anxious, or just not being able to have something like more significant before getting on stage. So I like hearing the other side of it in regard to you feeling like you actually need something that's significant. I was always, I was more like that as well, where I felt like I needed something more significant before I got on stage. It helped with nerves. It gave me the energy yeah. I needed. And then also I didn't have to worry about like energy pick me up during the show because I was kind of set yeah. from like the beginning yeah exactly mm -hmm. and and 
everyone's different. So I have, you know, friends in my dressing room and other colleagues. I always ask, I'm very curious as to how people feel before the show. And mm-hmm. some people don't like to feel that super full yeah. feeling before thing, but I personally do. I feel like that mixed with hydration, I feel like I, you know, give myself enough time, but I feel really settled and energized. So it's something that has, I've figured out what works for me and which things I crave and what I'm, you know, what helps me get through the whole show. Absolutely. And that's what it comes down to. What works for you. And that's the biggest thing I want to drive home for dancers is that what works for one dancer might not work for another. There's not necessarily like a right or a wrong when it comes to nutrition. It's utilizing self-discovery to really figure out what works for your body. And we try and do this obviously with a a non-restrictive mindset because restrictions do lead us to burnout. They lead us to injury. Um, And just like you said, keep those blinders on. Remember, you know, this is like your process and your journey. Absolutely. So Ashley, I'd love to hear from you. The question I asked all the dancers on here is how would you define what it means to be the healthy dancer? For me, what means to be a healthy dancer, and this is something that you just touched on, is not feeling that restriction and letting yourself cater to whatever your body needs and whatever your mind, your soul, whatever you feel like you need in that moment. That's something that I've always um, stayed true to as a person. I absolutely love food and, you know, it's, it's an exciting and enjoyable experience. It's something I would never want to limit. Mm-hmm. Um, post dancer life. So it's something that I try to live my life by. And I think that having a little bit, of everything's really important. And that's something that I could, you know, advice that I need to give to myself, because there are some food groups that I crave more than others. And I have to pay a little bit of attention to that. So I think that for the healthy dancer, it's really just about focusing on all groups and mm-hmm. not limiting, not restricting, and just really trying to enjoy eating and enjoy fueling because that's something that I think we take for granted. And that was something touching back on the pandemic, something that I really learned to appreciate because like um, you had said, it's very easy to, for dancers to get burned out and to get exhausted. And during performance seasons, I tend to feel a little run down as we get to the end. Um, but when moving to Arizona and having a very um, relaxed and a much less active lifestyle it gave me the time and the tools to appreciate eating in a way mm-hmm. and appreciate how much I, you know, love to fuel and just to kind of, it gave me the time to create really good habits for myself that I'm trying to instill moving forward now that I'm busy, really busy again. Yeah. I love that you're saying that because one thing that I was inundated with from messages from dancers at the start, like we're talking March of 2020, the amount of messages that I got from dancers that were, I'm not moving as much. Do I have to eat less calories? Do I have to eat less? And my response to them was always step away from that mindset, focus on inclusion, and actually take this as an opportunity to start experimenting with intuitive eating, where you can actually, you have the time now, right? You have the ability to relax a bit more, not be so on the go because we weren't going anywhere and Mm -hmm. actually start to learn your hunger and your fullness and what satisfies you and what your preferences are. Because what tends to happen is diet culture tends to get very loud and it impacts our choices. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to grab for something, all of a sudden you hear that chatter. 
is this good? Is this healthy protein, carbs, fat, whatever it might be, right? It gets really loud and it makes it really difficult to actually say, I have some really great memories with this one specific food. For example, what right. just comes to mind is like macaroni and cheese, for example, like that could bring a lot of nostalgia memories to a dancer. But if they're, if they have fears around carbohydrates, around fats, those are going to inundate them and, and really impact on that ability to make that choice. So we got to like strip that away, strip that chatter yeah. away so we Absolutely. can start to tune in on what satisfies us and, and embrace what you're saying beautifully is just embrace the joy of food. Absolutely. Yeah. Ashley, thank you so much for this conversation. It's been so nice chatting with you. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you.